This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Bills Live, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and joining us in studio, Bills guard, Ryan Bates. He's one of our fresh off the field interviews brought to you by Austin Air, the official clean air provider of the Buffalo Bills. How we doing, Rye? Doing great. How are you? Good, nice. good. Good to see Get you. a little respite from the weather. You got a nice 50-degree practice day. You're out on the grass field. It's, it's beautiful today. Did you actually, did guys actually sweat out there today? No, <laughs> I'm sweating right now. Because I'll tell you what, it's not easy to do when it's zero. No, it's not easy to do. Last last game, I wasn't sweating at all. Yeah, oh I was going to say, did you no. even? I don't think I even showered after the game. I did shower after the game. <laughs> I just want to make that. We're going to start yeah, calling you did. Big Dirty yeah. to go but with Little Dirty. You did it out of habit, right? did it out of habit, Yeah, I get it. Yeah, We were talking in the break. So many things change when you get into a game that is like dangerous, bitter, cold, zero, that, like it was in, in Chicago. It is windy. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the thing that you're going to take away from that game? Like, gosh, I gotta do, like, I'm going to do this different next time or anything like that out there for you? Or um, I'm happy I did this? So I'm happy. I'm usually not a sleeves guy. Right. Uh, but given the fact it was negative 15 degrees with the wind chill, I, f- I felt that I had to wear uh, some, put some, right. put some sleeves on. I wore the skull cap as well. Um, you mentioned the wind. The wind was the worst part of it. Yeah. You know, if it was no wind at all, I would go no sleeves, no problem whatsoever. Right. But because of the wind, it was such yeah, strong wind. You could, we could see the it refs' was like pants cutting, rippling. It like, was like cutting on your skin. Like, yeah. It felt like little paper cuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, so. we, we could tell that it was um, – yeah, when, when you're out there, your internal furnace – if there's no wind, your internal furnace kind of gets you okay, yes. right? But yes. I actually wore – this is the first time I did this. I actually wore some scuba gear on underneath. Oh, oh you did? You okay. Yeah. Um, it was c- kind of sure they weren't meant for tall people, so my belly button was sticking out. But <laughs> my belly button was cold, but everything everything else right. was warm. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, but I, I, I was happy I I, uh, I took the necessary precautions. I to think do that. Josh mentioned that in his press conference last week that some guys wear some of those. I guess Brady used to wear them when he yeah, was up in New guys, England. There's a lot of guys, a lot of guys this past game that was wearing them. Okay, I know that's um, it's great because it is a little bit airtight and it holds it in and it completely busts the wind. Mm-hmm. But the the problem is, sometimes you can't lift. You know, they're made for flopping your feet in the wind, in the water, not for raising your knees to your, yeah. you know, above your waist to run. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you get bound up with it. No problem like that. With you no, either. I wasn't wearing anything. I was nothing on the bottom. I had nothing on the bottom. No, yeah. it was really just I wore the over the top one. It was yeah. just a cut off. Yeah. No sleeves. No sleeves. Did you cut the? Did you cut it off mid? No, no that just was that just. Tall. I was just. You're just that I was tall, just a little huh? bigger than what the. Well, I guess necessary go. people usually wear. <laughs> yeah, I can buy right off the rack. I don't know if you can. You can no, probably I not. Can. I usually have to buy that. clothes online and yeah, shoes as well. They don't right. carry my size in stores. Yeah, All right, so walk me through this, Ryan. You right? Yeah. Walk me through this. Just the mental mindset. Last week, 
you knew you were going to be in the pivot, um, you know, with Mitch and concussion protocol. So you get a full practice week. That's the best case scenario. Yes, best case scenario. Um, you know, this week, Mitch says he's going to play Monday night. He's out of the protocol. That's all good news. So mm-hmm. you get to go back to guard. Yeah, back to home base. But I think right. you got to always have the mindset that center is always a possibility for you because you never know what's going to happen in mm-hmm. a game. So how is, how is last week's mindset different from this week's bi- mindset going back to home base, knowing the possibility exists to flip back into the pivot? You know, I really don't change my mindset depending on the week. Um, I prepare for a game how I usually prepare. Um, if I'm playing center, I might watch a little bit more film just because of the different types of pressures, the, you know, watching the nose guard, what his tails are, you know, where, where his feet are flipped or not. You know, we're just watching the angles. Uh, and I do the same thing as guard, but I think at center, I have to watch like both sides of the ball. Yeah. And so I want right. I find myself watching a little bit more film as opposed to just the right side. Okay. Um, I kind of treat every week, depending no matter if I'm playing center or guard, the same gotcha. for the most part, for the exception of the fact of the film I just I just mentioned. Um, but I'm, I'm always ready to go in at center. You yeah. Know? We, yeah. We spoke uh, to we heard. Uh, Ken Dorsey talked today to the media, and they were asking about, you know, why the bust-out game in Chicago and the run game. What are your thoughts about how that happened? Certainly you guys played really well up front. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the second level and that kind of thing. Plus, you know, whenever you get the backs to the second level, the good thing They weren't even happen. getting touched on half of mm-hmm. They were at the second level. They haven't even been touched <clears throat> you yet. Knew, you knew Chicago had struggled in that going <clears throat> in. How much did film tell you about what you were going to be able to do? Um, so when we got out there on the field – it kind of threw our – because it was going to be so windy, we knew we were going to run in a little bit more because it was so mm-hmm. cold. Um, but the ground kind of changed things because the, the, the grass wasn't – it was concrete. Yeah, the footing so was different. I went out there – I think Chicago is notoriously known for not having the best field, especially this late in the year and season. Um, and then given the weather, the circumstances were, you know, it was negative 15. Yeah. And so it literally felt like you were playing on concrete out there. And so – I think it was a little tough for the defenders to, to you know, change, change direction. Okay. Our backs did an unbelievable job of keeping their shoulders under their toes, not getting overextended, not, you know. Um, they did a great job cutting and, you know, finding those holes. And because we weren't – we didn't have, you know, the, the starting five, we were shifting around a little bit, we knew communication was going to be a big part of this game, yeah. especially in the wrong game. And we knew they, 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 have, they, did, they do a lot of 3-5 pirates, a lot of star pressure, a lot of movement up front. And so – we we were aware of that going into the game, and so yeah. we knew we had to keep our shoulders under our toes, be balanced, you know, use our extensions, use our hands as weapons, and that's just exactly what we did, and it all worked out. Yeah, don't right. get over your skis, kind of yeah. game. Like, don't do that because you pre- couldn't you couldn't grab the ground with your cleats and really push. So otherwise, you'd, it's it almost like, like being on roller skates. If you got over, feel like you're walking on tile. I mean, your cleats didn't dig, you didn't even see. Yeah, you imagine know. putting uh, some cleats on and going trying to play basketball on, on the wood floor. Right, that's, that's what yeah, it felt like. That's wow, what, and I'll tell you what that. It happened to me a lot because I only weighed like a buck eighty. For a guy that weighs three bills, mm-hmm. I can't believe your cleats won't even go on the ground. Yeah, it was hard. I, pre-game, I put on my longer cleats on, thinking it was going to help. It didn't help. It made it worse. Really? Oh, okay. And so That's you I, went back, I went back in and I changed my cleats because I, I have my turf cleats and my grass cleats. My grass cleats a little bit longer. I wear the seven studs and. My turf cleats. That's, that's crazy. I went. I did a game in Chicago um, as a as a, an analyst, and I'm down there on the field. And this, you know, the grounds guy from Chicago came over and gave me this 10 minute dissertation about how they heat the field to keep it from freezing. Mm. Was uh, it busted? I don't think it was working. It must have been busted. Our <laughs> our benches were actually not working. Our, our heated benches. Oh my gosh! But they got it working the second half. Thank God. 
but for the first half, we were That's sitting over there not. It's a little, sounds a little nefarious, right? A little right? sketchy, yeah. Um, you got an interesting matchup on the front here. DJ Reader is a load. <laughs> um, yeah, you can say that again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's a problem for everybody. Um, a guy you guys on the interior have to account for, no doubt. I know Mitch has some familiarity with him. He played against him in the Houston playoff game back in 2019. Hmm. So I know he's seen him before up close and personal. When you have a guy like that that is so difficult to move, because um, those guys aren't a dime a dozen in this league anymore. Those mm-hmm. big gargantuan nose yeah. tackles like we remember, like Ted Washington in the late 90s here in Buffalo, those, two, those true like two-gap guys aren't there and aren't as plentiful, I should say, mm-hmm. anymore. When you run into one, is it, is it an adjustment at least for the first couple of series? Because it's not a guy that you normally see every week, or is it just like, oh, you know, we've seen these guys here and there before. We, you know, we're ready. We have a game plan, and we go. Yeah, so we have our game plan. We're ready to do what we need to do. Uh, we know what we need to do. We know we, we, what we want to do. Um, he, at the end of the day, you know, he's a good defensive lineman. Yeah. I'm not going to take that away from him. But they're just spots at the end of the day. You know, we, we know we played some great D linemen. Yeah. You know, it's the Kenny Clarks, the Chris Joneses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the Aaron, Ro- Aaron Donalds. Yes. Yeah. And so it's nothing. We've gone against a bunch of good defensive linemen. We're going to go out there. We're going to do our thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck. Well, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Of course. It. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah. Real quick, before you go, though, I, I got to ask you because I remember when you came here, um, you know, you're an undrafted rookie in Philly. You come here via trade. And I'm in the locker room. It's his first day in. And I was like, well, how you doing? How's the flight in? And he's like, my girlfriend is still back uh, in Philly. Yeah. I got to get her up here. We got to find out where we're living. Is it crazy? Like, how crazy is it to think about that day and, like, where you are now? You know, you got a nice contract and, you know, things are, things are rolling for you, man. You're a weak you're – you're, you're in the starting lineup now. I mean, what, what – could you have envisioned all of this – Back then, like you oh, have God, goals, no. obviously, but I tell everyone this: uh, being getting traded was the best thing at, at the time. I had no idea what the heck was going on. Yeah, I thought it was a bad thing. You know, why they don't want me? Yada yada. I'm getting traded. It's the best thing that ever could have happened to me. You never know where your path's going to go, where your career's going to lead, yeah. and it's all about the opportunity. I got an opportunity. I made the made the most of it, and. <laughs> still here yeah yeah made the most of it yeah, for sure yeah, so congrats absolutely. to you congrats and to you. you know you. i know these guys are happy to have you and we're glad to have you in studio thanks for spending some time with oh, us of we course appreciate thanks for having on me. monday night that is ryan bates joining us here fresh off the field we'll let him get a shower in and uh you know get some film in and do your thing we'll take a break uh are we taking a break no we're, we're going really. to leslie frazier okay <laughs> leslie frazier addressing the media now after practice here is coach how big of a challenge is a three-headed attack, a wide receiver like the Bengals present? Well, they've, they've, they've got some really good receivers, and the quarterback is, is a good player as well. Uh, it definitely presents some issues for you. But I think our guys are looking forward to the challenge, and we'll have our hands full. I mean, they, they, all three of those guys are very, very good at what they do. You say, I don't want you to give strategy away, but I know you often say, we're going to kind of play our game, and regardless of who your opponent is, do you have, can you still stick to that, considering this is such a unique situation with the talent that they have at the wide receiver spot? I think you, t- you can to a degree, John, but uh, you do have to you know, look at some different things at times just because of the, the level uh, of talent and the way they're spread out. It's not like it's one guy, one featured guy, or two guys. I mean... 
and the running back's pretty good as well. I mean, Mixon does a good job uh, coming out of the backfield. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to be who you are and what has helped us to be a, a good defense. So you can't completely get away from what you what you do best. And, you know, we'll see how it all works out. Even though you uh, haven't played them since 2019, they've played AFC East, I mean, in what scouting for upcoming the Browns and other teams this year. Have you kind of been able to keep a familiarize yourself a little bit with the Bengals because they've been on the film, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but no, I mean, for us, it's all about that opponent and, and you put so much energy and effort into preparing for that opponent. So, I, no, I really, my familiarity began this week when we started our preparation. Well, just what, do you, why do you think he has become so good at getting the ball out of his hands? I would imagine some of it has to do with the emphasis that the coaches are playing on getting the ball out. Um, you know, they've had some some sacks over the year, and one of the ways to reduce that is getting the ball out fast and and having complementary routes to that. And the coaches and the quarterback, they've done a really good job of adjusting and getting the ball out and then having routes to complement getting the ball out. So uh, really smart on their part. And we've got to do some things to try to combat that. How do you feel like the relationship between Dane and Kyrie has been going the last few I think uh, for Dane and Kyrie, they both have done a good job for us, um, both tackling and playing the ball down the field and, and just you know, getting some of those attacks off of uh, the corner opposite Trey Davis. So now this week is a different challenge, as John mentioned earlier, uh, because of the, the talent and how spread out it is. Uh, but they both have done a good job for us. Leslie, team-wide uh, tackling, missed tackles has been a topic at times this season. Where do you feel like the team is at right now uh, in, in that regard? You know, really feel good about the way we tackled this past weekend, Jay. That was uh, impressive. I mean, I was an offense that was averaging 189 yards rushing. And for our guys to hold them to 80 yards and 2.8 yards per carry, you got to be tackling well. And, uh, you're right, there have been some games where we didn't tackle as well or we weren't where we needed to be gap-wise. Uh, but in large part, overall, we've done a good job of being where we're supposed to be in tackling. We just got to make sure that we're consistently doing it, uh, much like we did this past weekend. And along those lines, I know it, it can be somewhat subjective, missed tackles, right, depending on who's looking at it. But there are some numbers that suggest Tremaine has only missed one tackle all this season. I don't know if your numbers would back that up, but... If you could maybe speak to the growth that he's shown in being a sure tackler as your middle linebacker. I mean, that's so key to what we do on defense, having a, a middle linebacker who is a sure tackler because he's so often at the point of attack. Um, our defensive line has done a good job for us. Uh, and when they have struggled being in their gaps, that, that puts a lot of pressure on the linebackers. But uh, they've done a good job of being gap sound uh, for the most part of this season. And that allows Tremaine, when he's at the point of attack, to make those plays because he is a sure tackler. And uh, that is growth from his first year to where he is currently. Uh, tremendous growth in bringing his feet, using his hands, uh, putting his eyes on a target, taking great angles to the football. These are all improvements over the last couple of years. And, and this year in particular, he's taken a big leap. Uh, and some of it, I think, uh, is his confidence as well. He's, he's more confident. Uh, he's stronger now. Uh, and he's more experienced. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But he is for sure a good tackler. When you're watching Trey out there, how far off do you feel like he, obviously, coming back from an ACL injury is no easy task, but do you see him improving with each game? How far off do you feel like he is from being his full self just from what you're able to watch? 
I think he's really close, Elena. I don't know, uh, like I said before, if he'll get to that Pro Bowl player that we saw before the injury, because for most guys it takes at least a full year uh, to get back to where you were playing. And he's only been on the field, what, maybe three, four weeks, at, I think. Uh, so, but what I see is his confidence level has grown. Uh, he's, there's much less trepidation when it comes to getting out of my break, putting my foot in the ground and planting and driving him. A lot of things that early on when he began to play, uh, he was thinking a lot, you know, what's going to happen if I push off on this foot? What's going to happen if I break in this direction? That's kind of gone now. So he's playing a lot more freer. And I think he's playing better. Uh, and that's what you were hoping for when he got back on the field. He began to improve, you know, each week. You were talking last week about um, DeMar showing real strides in the communication piece. And I'm curious, when Michael went out and without Trey for most of the season until he got back, has did that impact the way that you guys were able to, you know, do some things pre-snap in terms of disguising the, the, the look that, for the most part, while well, you've been here, teams have talked about how well you guys have been here. Oh yeah, man! It definitely uh, affected uh, some things. But, you know, Demar's only in his second season, so here you are thrust into the starting lineup, and not only do you have to get lined up properly, you got to help other people get lined up uh, because of the absence of a, of a mic. And then sometimes Jordan wasn't out there either, so uh, there was a lot put on his plate. Uh, he's gotten better, as I mentioned before, uh, but yeah, it that definitely affected some of the things we wanted to be able to do and. And rightfully so. I mean, he's a young safety who's still learning. When Micah and Jordan started off their first year with us, they were similar in some ways as far as their growth was concerned. So uh, it's a natural progression, and he's gotten better. And a year from now, he'll be even better. You know, we'll be able to do more things from a disguise standpoint. But that's just a, a product of where we are. Along those lines, how much, does it, more? how much does it help Demar that Micah chose to stay here? And you know, I just saw him out here working on something just after practice. But how invaluable can that be for Demar that Micah chose not to go somewhere else, and he's here? He can ask him, you know, whatever he wants, basically whenever he wants. I think it's been invaluable uh, in a lot of ways. The fact that he's in the meetings, he's at practice. I see him in those guys' ear all the time, talking to him, uh, just painting a picture of some things that he sees. And then uh, when 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 he's at the games, you know, he's talking to us. I, I was watching him on the sideline in our game. And of course, it's freezing cold out there. And there he is talking to our safeties about where they're lining at, what he's seeing in between plays. I mean, that, you, you, I mean that's, that's so important uh, for young safeties uh, for, to have a, a Pro Bowl player uh, spending that much time and just sharing some of his wisdom with you. It has to have helped uh, DeMar for sure. And I'm sure with Cam Lewis and Daquan as well. I mean, I'm sure it helped those guys also. All right, that's Bill's defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, addressing the media after practice today. A lot of questions about Buffalo secondary from the media, undoubtedly because they know this is probably the stiffest test that that secondary is going to face all season long. I mean, the Chiefs receiving core, I think, and maybe the Dolphins are the only two that come close to this one because one, two, and three, I don't think anybody can match the one, two, and three that the Bengals put out on the field Right. And Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. The Chiefs are as good an offense as the Bengals, maybe as good as anybody, probably better than anybody. But from a talent perspective, they're a little bit though? different than this than this crew. And even Miami, they go with Jalen Waddle and they got um, Tyreek. 
they don't have like Tyler Boyd next. You yeah. know, um, they got Gasicki, but that's you know he's an afterthought in that offense. Yeah, this is a different kind of animal. They're very good. They've got a quarterback that is gifted physically with an arm and a head, and he is Joe Cool. He he's going to take what's there. And it's hard not to leave something uncovered when you're playing defense in the NFL against three guys like this. Uh, I, it's, it is an enormous challenge. Uh, and uh, particularly at this point of the season, when you've got everything in front of you, you know how good they are, and so do they. And they also know their limitations. So whatever they, they're not confident in or what they're not sure of, they've, they've, it's been looked at and tried against them. Right. So they got a plan. Um, it's really – it's formidable to take on a team like this this late in the year, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Now, certainly the Bills, I mean, they've been here before. This is, uh, you know, you go back to Kansas City. They held them to 20 points early in the season. Yeah, um, They've done it to other really good teams, you know, but they also got nicked for 29 points against Miami, and the Minnesota Vikings scored 33 on them. It's going to be hard, man. Well, your tackling has to be sound because even if you're allowing completions, if you can minimize the yards after, after the catch, you go a long way toward beating the Bengals, and that's because the Bengals are fourth in the league in yards after the catch this season. If you limit that, you might get some situations that give you an opportunity to get off the field right. or at least force a field goal, things like that. If they're running free and then it's yards after the catch with this crew – you you better have to you're gonna have to score over 35 points to win the game. You're gonna be looking at heels and nameplates all day chasing yeah, them. Taillights. Um, let's go to the OBL Friday fan mailbag as we take your questions on the Bills or the league at large, and we lead off with Chris, who asks. Well, he says first of all, my wife and I are going to the game on Monday, and Tasker is my all-time favorite player. He visited my fourth-grade class. <laughs> my question though is. <laughs> Does Steve Tasker have a favorite memory playing the Bengals? And does he have one covering the Bengals as a broadcaster? Um, yeah, so the player memory, broadcast memory. The player memory I have is when they, uh, after they put us out of the championship game in 88, 89, they came in here, and it's when we were the bickering Bills, and Jim throws three first-quarter interceptions. Oof. And we beat them 35-10 or something like that. We oh, my just, gosh. We lumped them up. Uh, we hated those guys for what they did to us, get, keeping us out of the, champ, out of the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Uh, we, and that was the one time, too, when the team was in turmoil in the locker room, that kind of thing, where we all kind of said, let's go together. You know, it was the first thing that unified us was our hatred of the Bengals. And Sam Weish, who was a great dude. Uh, but we came together and beat them, lumped them up pretty good. And that – um, was my, my is my one lasting memory. I don't really remember even that too much about the championship game we lost in Cincinnati. As a covering the Bengals, you know the things that I think about with the Bengals are <clears throat> um, as a broadcaster were you know the way their organization is unique. It's still got the the family that bought it in the 1960s. The the Brown family still runs it. Paul Brown's son Mike is still there, although his his daughter and his son, uh, Katie Blackburn and, and, and her son, are it's a family-run operation. They, they love that team. They run it, uh, and they are doggedly committed to making it work. Uh, and that's, you know, it's a unique situation for that reason down in Cincinnati. And that's, that's kind of my memories as covering yeah. them as a, as a journalist. Not journalist, analyst. Andrew 
has this uh, from the OBL Friday fan mailbag. In 2021, we saw Dable hold back design QB runs until very late in the season in, quote, gotta-have-it games. What do you think, if anything, is Dorsey holding back for the Cincinnati game and the playoffs that we haven't seen on tape? Well, now you're asking me to be Kreskin here. I mean, having not seen it on tape, I don't think there's much. Yeah. I think you'll get more of some stuff we haven't seen much of and some stuff that we haven't seen run out of the same formation, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Formation. There'll be a wrinkle two or three for this game, for sure. Because For sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't really hold anything back in any given week. Now, maybe come the second half of last week's game, for example, maybe yeah. you leave some stuff in the bag. He's probably repeating some plays yeah. instead of trying some new stuff. Yeah, sure, certainly. I this In this game, yeah, you're you're thinking at this point of the season, if in a game like this, if you've got a, a running play to Josh that you think could work, or what? yeah, you might call it this week rather than save it uh-huh. on a fourth and short or a third and short or, a, you know, an extended drive kind of let's we got to have it kind of yes absolutely you might see that also you'll see some of that uh with maybe some personnel combinations or maybe some plays uh that you haven't seen we've, we've seen them use different personnel combinations like bobby hart and that kind of thing yep. maybe there's something out of that i don't know but it's that attitude it's that kind of that attitude kind of game same thing from the bengals you may get some stuff out of them that we yep. haven't seen as well. And, yeah, so it's the cat and mouse game we see you, every week. You just got to stay really disciplined in, with what you're looking at. Your respons- don't forget about your responsibility because you think the play is going the other way all of a sudden. You still got to kind of wait that half second to make sure you, it's not a throwback to your guy or that, and that kind of stuff. Um, but, yes, that is the kind of attitude you got to have. Uh, there's going to be some stuff in this game plan for both teams that they're going to roll out there that are one-time plays. Yeah, They'll roll it out in this game, and you won't ever see it again. We have to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to lay out for you some of the comments from Bengals slot receiver Tyler Boyd, who doesn't think too much of Buffalo's defense or secondary. We'll tell you what he said next here on One Pills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 